gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something quite extraordinary? Chris, the Herons are back. And we got messy. What's going on? What, 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 what? Where is the information? I guess we're getting ready for a sister kissing fiesta. I felt like we were playing a 2-8. It was just a 2-8. Let me tell you, Danny is about to get destroyed in the chat. So you know, Are we kissing every step, Chris? And maybe stepsisters, but not regular sisters. I've done a little bit of research on him. When it comes to FIFA, this guy's 68. We're going to have the greatest player of all time on the team. If there's a time to believe, it's not. It looks like a heron shot all over it. You guys are literally getting excited for a rank 65 player on FIFA 23. We got some pretty good FIFA cards on our squad now, all right? You gotta understand, Kevin. This is how this is how we scout our players here on the show. <laughs> Just look at FIFA cards. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 145 of the Battle Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, and alongside me... Before I get to you, Chris, I want to give a I want to give you props. You did a great job holding down the show. I want to give props to everybody in the chat. Also, you guys are the yesterday second, today third host, and um, awesome job. I I I, I watched it back today because yesterday in traffic it was I, I didn't turn it on. I was I was pissed. And uh, we're gonna get into all that, but I did want to start the show by giving props to Chris because he did a tremendous job with everybody in the chat. Shout out to everybody that joined them in the chat. You guys did a great job also. So uh, shout out to everybody in my absence. And back to it. Mr. KBD, how are you doing, sir? Listen, so Lucas is asking here, so you're not an AI. I told everybody on a video, <laughs> by the, which there was a great question right after the, right after the podcast finished. And uh, I told everybody that you're a hologram, but I guess everybody could tell that you're not a hologram. Or maybe you no, are. No, no. Who knows? No, no, no. It's me. It's me. It's, it's a... Uh, I, I am here. Uh, I'm going to get into it. I am going to get into it. I'm actually kind of glad that I didn't join last night because there's a good chance it just would have been a lot of ranting because I was really, really in a bad mood last night. So I'm kind of glad I didn't join, even though people no, people always criticize me because they say I'm constantly ranting. So I'm, I'm glad that I didn't join. Uh, one quick personal note before we get into last night and then tonight. Uh, my wife, awesome, 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 as always. She came through and she brought me a cake, and I'm going to tell you why. So this cake right here is our two-year anniversary. My wife and I, we sat down on the couch two years ago on this day, February 22nd, 2022, and we came up with this battered fans idea. We kind of mapped it out how we would do it, and funny story, we contacted Chris to do a podcast for the Knicks. At no point did I consider Chris doing a soccer podcast, but here we are two years later. Battered fans is growing strong. We got plenty of shows going on from the Heat, Marlins, Jets, Dolphins, all that other stuff. Obviously, battered hair on always. And uh, so thank you to my wife. Love you. This was an awesome thing. Two years to the day that we started the whole battered fans idea. And yes, Chris was supposed to do a basketball podcast. And here we are two years later with the soccer podcast. So I just want to put that out there. Shout out to my wife. Love her very much. All right. Last night was good on the pitch. But one, I cannot wait for this stadium to be in Miami. Having to go ahead. And it took me two hours to get to the stadium yesterday. Two, I left at 5 o'clock. I got there past 7. 
And then heading back home, I got in my car and I wasn't able to leave my parking spot, not the parking lot, my parking spot for half an hour. It took me almost over an hour to get out of the parking lot. It's a disaster. It's an that track that that parking situation is a disaster. And and, I, and that wasn't even the worst part. I spent over a half hour trying to get coffee. Trying to get coffee. Why? Is Bustelo still an official sponsor for Inter Miami? Yes. It yes, is. They okay. are. It's Bustelo, Inter Miami is making you look like shit. It uh, horrible. I went there and the Bustelo coffee machine was not working. How do you have a coffee stand and you don't have working coffee machines? And then it took me like 20 minutes to get a refund because they needed a supervisor. It, it, yesterday was a fucking mess. It was a mess. It was, it was a mess. I was well, in a bad mood. They ruined the, the game day experience for me. Well, I mean, look, if you have the, 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 like the, the real abuelitas making the coffee, then you'd have the real abuelitas cleaning the coffee machines, oh, oh. and we wouldn't oh, yeah, have They could have done issues. it with their hands. They could have made it with yes. their hands. They would have built a um, whole coffee machine for you with their bare hands. Yeah, so look, my, my experience off the pitch, it, it was it, it sucked ass. But, um, you know, all in all, all the pitch, good result. We started with a, a win 2-0. And um, what, what did – I mean, I, I heard the show. I heard a lot of people talking. I, I thought that I would say a couple things. I One, for some reason, you had Redondo in a bathroom with drug paraphernalia. I don't know how that happened. So I, I don't think that yeah. he's in the bathroom with drug paraphernalia. I think Gressel, I, I watched the game back. Gressel, I think, played better than what people are giving him credit for. He did have some really bad turnovers, but I felt like when he was on the final third, he looked good. When he was on his own third, he looked absolutely awful. So yes. there has to be some type of middle ground there. Um, what else? And, I mean, this is, every, this, is good. this is a good opinion here by Johnny Dip. Arsenal guy was blocking traffic. Absolute gold. I mean, yes. We I haven't mean, seen Arsenal possible. since. We haven't seen yeah, Arsenal he, guys since since he came on here and started spamming the chat, but yeah, he probably yeah, he was blocking him. traffic with his. Well, he got tired of us blocking him, period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, I mean, all in all, I, I thought it was a decent performance. I saw some people killing Suarez saying that Campana should get more time. I thought Suarez played well. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I I thought he was making the appropriate runs. He was taking defenders with him, making those diagonal passes. I thought our defense looked worse than people are saying. I, I thought that Ralph Salt Lake didn't take advantage of a lot of opportunities. There was a, a moment there with Chicho Arango got upset at his teammates for not making runs because the way our defense was like that back line always plays so high. There were yeah. moments there where if they were being aggressive, they could have ran behind our back line. And, and Chicho Arango was yelling at his teammates at some point in the first half because they had opportunities. Um, but all in all, I mean, we won 2-0, so I really can't complain. Listen, it's like what, you know, Lucas is mentioning. The Suarez movement was key. Listen, there was a play where Danny was mentioning how Suarez was, like, driving people crazy on every corner that we had. And the way that he plays, like, it's it's great. I think that his physicality and how grimy he is, because he's a grimy-ass dude. Um, and AZ is mentioning if he got an assist. Yes, he did. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's not like this guy was, like, absolutely awful. 
And Ziad is mentioning here the team looked rusty. There's a lot of talent, though. It needs more time. Like I mentioned yesterday, we're starting the season. So, you know. And, and today's episode, we're not going to talk too much about yesterday because you guys did that for an hour. And, and we're going to yeah. talk about uh, the LA Galaxy. But one last thing I did want to bring up is I love the starting 11. I did. No, and, and GFR, no. I, that was my wife that came to pick up the cake. So uh, I was not winking at myself. All right. Um, I lost my train of thought. Thank you, GFR. Oh, the starting 11. Yes. The top top three, Taylor, Suarez, and Messi, I'm happy with. Are you happy with the top three? Yeah, I'm happy with it, of the course. The front three, I thought great. Yeah. Al, uh, Alba and Yedlin, I thought looked fine. I thought Toto Aviles had a good game. I, I thought that he was he was getting his legs in on some balls. I thought he did great. Christoph, I mean, he's slow. Nothing's going to change that. But I didn't think he's he had slow and solid. Right. So, and then eventually, uh, Freire is going to come in and take that spot. And then the midfield, Busquets, I'm happy with. Gomez, Chris, shut the fuck up. Gomez is good. And then we had Gressel. Gressel was the only spot that I saw people were like, I'm not too happy with. But if you think about it, if we get Redondo, you're going to take Gressel out and you put in Redondo in that spot. Tell me how you're unhappy with this starting 11. This is a solid, solid team from top to bottom. And if you tell me, oh, this team still has holds, name me a team that doesn't. I am yet, and today we have a guest from the Galaxy that's going to join us in a second. But name me a team that has come on here because for those of you that watch us on a regular basis, you know, before every game, we have a guest from the opposing team's podcast come and we ask them the same question towards the end. Name me your team's weakness. And they all have an answer. None of them have come and said, oh, we have no weakness. Every team, especially in the MLS, every team has a weakness. So, yes, we have a hole. We have a hole in, at center back. I think Toto Avilis is good. That other center back position maybe isn't great. But that's not just us. With the salary cap, guys, we can't have an all-star squad up from top to bottom. We're going to have holes just like everybody else. And if you look at this starting 11, you add Redondo and you take out Gressel, I'm sorry. We can kick everybody's ass. Fuck everybody. We are going to whip everybody's ass. And, and, and mm -hmm. I mean that. And, and we now just got to hope that he, Well, I mean, we just got to hope that he signs on, on any sort of paper at this point. No, I know. Because there's Look, still no report. Done... Everybody's saying he's in the bag, but, like, there's still no report. This guy's still in the bathroom stalls here at Drive Pink Stadium. Well, well, well relax, though, because you just do drug paraphernalia. I don't know how that came out yesterday. Allegedly. <laughs> don't allegedly. I could I'm throw smart. that anywhere I want, okay? It yeah. counts. Look, look, I think our starting 11... Kamali Wap, absolutely anybody in this league. But we'll see. Like I said, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe the Galaxy is going to whoop our ass. But to go ahead and preview Sunday night's game, Sunday primetime, 9 o'clock, we have Alex Ruiz that covers the LA Galaxy. He has a sub stack, but I'm going to let him tell you more about that. So to talk about the Galaxy, here we are. Alex Ruiz, how are you doing, sir? Hey everyone, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, getting ready for Sunday's game. Really excited. I think everyone's excited here in Los Angeles. It's going to be a big event. Like you said, prime time on Sunday. So, you know, this should get a lot of eyes in the soccer world. Oh, and LA for sure. It's prime time, nine o'clock Sunday night. It's going to be the only game on. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be quite the event. It's going to be similar, if not even better than the LAFC game was in September because... I mean, that was in the, technically in the middle of the season already. 
Like mm-hmm. this is the first game of the season for the Galaxy. I'm, it's going to be crazy out there. Um, yeah. Before we get there, since I just mentioned LAFC, I was starting to ask you in the back room before we went live, and I kind of want to ask you now that we're finally recording. LA Galaxy was the only team in LA. They ran the city, and they were basically MLS's teams, right? Like, that was the team in MLS. And then LAFC showed up a couple years ago. How is that? Like, how did all of a sudden a new team come? Because you expect that when there's a team that is, like, subpar. Like, in New York, the Red Bulls never won a championship. The Red Bulls had, you know, they were been around forever, but they never did anything. NYCFC shows up. That makes sense. But the Galaxy, I felt like, ran LA, and then LAFC comes into town. How did that come out, and how does that, uh, how did that make mm-hmm. people in LA feel? Yeah, I mean, look, LA isn't a stranger to having two teams. I mean, you have the Clippers and yes. the Lakers, you have the Rams and the Chargers, you have the Kings and the Ducks. You can go on and on with sports. Um, obviously, the Galaxy had had held LA for a long time, and you know, with the introduction of LAFC like seven years ago now, you know, it definitely changed a lot of the landscape. And you know, I think the one big thing with LAFC is you know they've definitely captured their own fan base a lot you know, more, and I guess what they would call the heart of the city in downtown LA, you know, the BMO Stadium is located right at Exposition Park, right in downtown LA. LA Galaxy Stadium is, you know, 15 minutes down the 110 in Carson, California. So not necessarily in LA, but I mean, look, it, it's definitely interesting. And, it, you know, it's a good dynamic, I think, when it comes to building a rivalry and building something very special that's an MLS. I mean, I think every MLS fan tunes in to watch uh, the LA Galaxy, LAFC games. They're always full of passion, very intense. You can tell each player plays, you know, for the badge in those games. And it's definitely elevated. I think the LA Galaxy, it's pushed them to be better. And we're seeing that in the last couple of months as they've made a lot of changes to their front office staff, you know, to people around the club. And, you know, covering the team for the last four years, there's generally a very much better vibe this year compared to the last couple of years. And I think that's something that, you know, LAFC in some part has helped by, you know, having such early success in their franchise history that is pushing the Galaxy to become a better organization, to evolve for within sure. MLS. I think we're seeing that, uh, we're going to see all that uh, this season as the club, you know, looks ready, they look prepared and, you know, they've got everybody set to face uh, Miami and everybody else in the 2024 campaign. Uh, so I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sending Chris something. Uh, we have Sunday. How did you guys look in the preseason, before the preseason? 2023, I know you said that it's been a down couple of years. What's the storyline heading into this season? I think this year it just feels like, a, a new regime is coming into the LA Galaxy. Last year, we, we go back a year ago, right? And you have all the support groups at the LA Galaxy boycotting games because they're not happy that, you know, ex-president Chris Klein is returning to the club. You know, this is something unprecedented we haven't ever seen in MLS where all supporter groups are, you know, saying they're not going to come back to games. We're seeing a lot of that negativity in last year's preseason, you know, really start off as a team didn't win in their first seven games. And mm-hmm. again, you had injuries last season to key players. You had Chicharito out for a majority of the year. A lot of key figures like Gaston Brugman, Martin Caceres, Caligari, you know, key defenders that were gone for the season. And then all of a sudden their defense just crumbled. They allowed the most goals within MLS. And you really got to see that, you know, this was a team just lucky enough to put bodies out there. And they really struggled on the defensive end. They could the problem wasn't scoring goals. It was just keeping lead, maintaining leads you know, being a consistent defensive unit. And they really struggled in that last year. We saw a lot of changes this year uh, with the, the roster. We were seeing a more emphasis on defense whenever I've talked to players and Coach Greg Vanny. They very much emphasize needing to improve on the defense and that they've practiced that a lot in this preseason. So, yeah, last year definitely showed a lot of their holes and showed the Galaxy at their worst. But, you know, I think that was a blessing in disguise as they're 
getting ready to prepare for this year because they know what they need to work on. Again, like I said earlier, the problem isn't the attack. It's just, you know, can they hold on to leads? Can they be solid defensively? I think this preseason, that's the one thing they've been trying to work on. Well, and that, I guess that leads us to the next point. We wanted to know, how have they looked in the preseason? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Preseason can be a bit of a mirage sometimes. Like you see, they lost sure. 3-0, but, you know, the second team was when all three goals were conceded, right? So their first starting first team has looked really good. They're getting key players back. Ricky Pooj uh, missed some time this preseason, but he's coming back. Gaston Brugman, one of the, in my opinion, one of the best midfielders in MLS when it comes to ball progression. He was really, really elite alongside Ricky Pooj. He's come back from his torn meniscus injury. Darren Jovalic, who they're expecting a lot out of this year, uh, he's come back from injury. So they're getting their pieces back. There's some momentum, you know, garnering in their direction. And, you know, they finished off their preseason with the win over the Red Bulls 2-0, where we saw the team play really well. They kept a clean sheet, which is very important. And we're seeing that there is this positive momentum building. And right now, compared to last year, it's a whole 180 where, you know, we feel like or everybody and everyone who, you know, covers the Galaxy, we feel that, you know, there's some seriously good signs coming this way. And, you know, they have some reinforcements on the way. You know, it's up in the air if they'll play or not this Sunday. But it's going to be interesting to see how they start the season because it's a lot better than last year. And so what typically when it comes to the to the L.A. Galaxy, what do you, what kind of formation do you guys typically play? Yeah, Greg Vanny, very much a possession-heavy offense that operates in a 4-3-3. So you're going to see that a lot sometimes. You know, they'll do, you know, a 3-5-2 when in possession. But one thing we have noticed this preseason is they like to play a lot with inverted fullbacks. We've seen uh, that formation used a lot, you know, when they play in the preseason, which has never happened before since Greg Vanny took over four years ago. So this is a completely new tactical team, in my opinion, if they roll out with uh, the inverted fullbacks. So it, I think I'm also watching to see if they use that because, again, you know, it's preseason. There's room to, you know, tinker and mess around with uh, tactical tweaks like that. So I'm interested as well to see if they continue to use that, if they're going to stay very strict with their 4-3-3. Um, again, you know, I, I right now, like I said, uh, you know, it feels like there's a lot of changes. And if that tactical change happens, I think that's going to affect a lot of how the LA Galaxy defend and, you know, how they look like on the field. Um, but most times they do end up starting games in the 4-3-3. And, you know, that's generally the you know, how they play for the last three years under Greg Manning. Now, Alex, I have a question, and, and Mr. Krabs is actually bringing it up in the chat. He mentions that it sucks that Chicharito didn't work out for the Galaxy. How does the fan base feel about the fact that Chicharito didn't really work out, I, I guess, or, or meet expectations for the Galaxy? Yeah, you know, I think when you look at Chicharito's time with the LA Galaxy, it's kind of like a sandwich with the meat in the middle. Like the first year mm-hmm. was, you know, bad. The next two years, pretty good. And then the final year, very bad, you know? So I think yeah. that, you know, it's very interesting to look back on his time with the Galaxy. Uh, obviously, the fans very much respected him after that, you know, horrible you know season he had first year. Of course, he was dealing with a lot of personal stuff. Um, but yeah. he bounced back in those next two years, and he gained a lot of respect of the fan base. Uh, but I think everybody in this final – yeah, everybody in that final season saw that, you know, the writing was on the wall that he was a regressing player. He wasn't looking as good technically. He wasn't looking as sharp. And there yeah. were just signs there that, you know what, this might have been, he might have stayed here a year too long. A year too and, long. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, he, he, his last game in MLS, he was sent off with a red card and he never got to see the pitch again uh, at home for the Galaxy. So that's how he went out in front of the home fans um, in MLS play. So it, it's, I think it was, I think fans are excited to see you know, Dan Jovlich maybe potentially take that next step. Obviously, there's room for them to get another striker in the transfer market. But nonetheless, I mean, Chicharito did what he could do 
Uh, obviously, you could tell that, you know, very passionate about the club. He loved being here in Los Angeles, uh, always playing with a smile I on bet. his face. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't love Los Angeles? Uh, so I was just saying, like I was just saying, you know, he just uh, loved the club. And I think you really got to see that passion out of him in those four years he was here. But, you know, everything, everything has the time to go. Right. So unfortunately, Jadito is no longer with the team. But I don't think any LA Galaxy fans are crying about that. And I, I, and and I meant that get, as, as there, there has to be nothing like being a Mexican playing in LA. Like yeah, it's like I being mean, you have playing in Miami. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you had a lot of that Mexican pool uh, for sure with a legend like Chicharito, right? Mexico's all-time leading goal scorer. So I mean, he definitely brought a lot of fans to the stadium. Obviously, on the other side of town, you got Carlos Vela also did that for a long time. And you know, cross MLS, obviously, there's a lot of other players. I mean, Nachache comes to mind as well. So I mean. Uh, he definitely had a strong hold of the fan base and definitely, you know, put butts into those seats at Dignity Health Sports Park. I How and Danny, we stand there. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, uh, before you get to, to talking about Salta, while we're still talking about Chicharito, Eurosider is mentioning he's a streamer now, and Johnny Dip is saying he's better in Call of Duty than he was in, uh, with the Galaxy. This is not true. Yeah, he's been a streamer for like three years now. He's been streaming a lot, like uh, even when he was with the Galaxy, like he's he's established that. I think, you know, he played or he's part owner of a team in the Kings League, which is Piquez, like little league that he started yeah. in Spain. So yeah. he's very much involved in, in the Internet shenanigans, per se. So he he knows a thing or two of the online world. He streams a lot of Call of Duty. Uh, you know, I think his TikTok is just like highlights of him playing or him looking at his old highlights or, or whatnot. But, yeah, he he streams pretty frequently. I don't know uh, how much anymore. Uh, personally since you know he left the galaxy I haven't really been paying much attention to him but yeah right. he's been doing that for like a hot minute guys yeah. uh, how was the Saltan experience there Zlatan I mean it was just I don't know it just felt like out of a out of a movie you know though obviously the his first entrance here his you know first game the galaxy, was so awesome. yeah starting out uh you know basically birthing the LA Galaxy LAFC rivalry mm -hmm. and you know with that ego but he has the you know he can the walk charisma. the walk, you know, exactly. Yeah. He, he does all that. And he's just, you know, the perfect person to be a superstar in MLS, a different personality than a lot of the other players we have. And I think that's very much needed when you're trying to grow a league and especially a big name like Zlatan. Um, but yeah, very disappointing. Galaxy weren't able to win any trophies with him in those two years. Uh, you know, big what if in LA Galaxy history for sure. And Richard Greenberg saying kind of like the Messi experience. Uh, not exactly, but I do. I still think that Zlatan is like right there like right under Messi as far as like impact as soon as he hit the the pitch here in MLS like man that, that was a show and just his debut like the only reason I put the Messi one a little above is because it's Messi and because he the won finish. the game with that free kick yeah. but if you watch if you haven't had a chance to watch Zlatan's debut for the Galaxy that was just that was amazing yeah absolutely nuts I mean you couldn't have written it any better all right, so you told us 4-3-3 inverted fullbacks. And for those of you that are, are wondering what inverted fullbacks are, that's when they push into the center of the pitch a little more than just constantly playing out wide, um, just in case anybody was wondering. All right, uh, as far as the LA Galaxy go, what would you say is the biggest strength and the biggest weakness of the Galaxy? I think the one thing is that they're a very good possession team. I mean, okay. you guys talked about it earlier, right? RSL definitely had moments in the last game against Miami where mm -hmm. you're just like, where are the runs? Where's the movement? You know, you could tell this team isn't used to playing that style. But the Galaxy, they've been doing that for four years now. They know the patterns of play. They know where to make the runs. They know how to position themselves to be prepared if they lose the ball, right? So this team knows how to move. 
Greg Vanny, very much have, uh, possession reliant. They haven't switched away from these principles in the preseason. So, you know, if you saw Miami out there, you know, for like, what, 20 minutes in the second half trying to, you know, they were struggling to get possession. And, you know, if Arcel made a bit more runs, had better movement, um, they definitely could have had more chances. I think if you mm -hmm. put the Galaxy in that same scenario that RSL was in yesterday, Galaxy would have at least put two goals on the board, at least minimum. This team just knows how to attack. Like I said last year, you know, their struggle wasn't with goals. They knew how to get, you know, movement in the box. They knew how to put people in dangerous positions. They knew how to create chances. So this team's going to know how to attack Miami. And, you know, if they let their guard down at one minute, you know, they'll be sure to expose it. And, you know, with a player like Ricky Pooch, who, you know, can create magic at his feet, who's very much a complete midfielder when it comes to the offensive side of the game, like he'll definitely be uh, a catalyst for the LA Galaxy. Well, and that's scary because we have a guy named Serhi Kristoff that we're definitely afraid of being slower than 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 quicksand. So that'll definitely destroy us in that case. But I want to hear a little bit about the Swiss cheese on your team. Where the holes at? Where, where, yeah, where can we see some weaknesses? Yeah, I think maybe two things come to mind. Obviously, it's a lot really early in the season to say like a big weakness for sure. I mean, the guys haven't played yet. But obviously, right. one thing to keep an eye on storyline is, you know, watching this game is just how their defense looks. Um, yeah. Their center backs are going to be Mario Shida and Martin Casares with a combined age of 75 years old. So, I mean, they definitely have they aren't the most athletic. They right. aren't going to be making runners. But I mean, again, Luis Suarez really isn't going to be, you know, that scary in open space. Right. Obviously, you got to watch out for that box movement and the way he, you know, interacts with the rest of the offense as well. But I mean, for sure, the defense is going to be something to watch. Uh, they added a new right back, Mickey Yamane from the J League, you know, one of the top players in the J League for the past four years. So he, this is going to be his first big test with the LA Galaxy. My Yoshida and Casares, both veterans, both know how what it's like to play in these big games. So it's going to be interesting to see how those two pair up because this is going to be the first time they've ever played together for the LA Galaxy. They previously played at Southampton together for like half a season back in 2015, I think. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do. And then uh, the Galaxy have a left back, Julian Alde, young Argentine player, very highly touted guy between uh, in Argentina's U20 circles. You know, big talent, really struggled last year a bit to acclimate to America, to the travel and all that MLS requires. So, you know, I think, you know, playing against Messi, he's going to be extra motivated. Obviously, someone he grew up watching. So I'd expect this defense to, you know, be something to keep an eye on. Uh, how do they perform? For sure, everybody on the other Galaxy is going to be watching how they perform. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And also another, I think, weakness is, or right now a known variable is, is their attack because, you know, they lost Tyler Boyd. They lost Douglas Costa. They lost Chicharito. And then Big now they're kind of, yeah. yeah. And now the front three is basically Dejan Jovalic, who's had little minutes this preseason. Diego Fagundes, who's, you know, going to be his first full season with the LA Galaxy, an MLS veteran. And then on the yeah. right wing, um, you don't know who's it going to be. Is it going to be their new DP signing, Gabriel Peck, this 23-year-old Brazilian with a lot of pace, a lot of flair, a lot of things that you like to see out of a player who can be direct? Or could their new DP that they just announced the other day, uh, Joseph Payne still, you know, be available to play? We don't know who's going to be filling out that other wing. Um, it's very much up in the air. Peck, for sure, I think uh, it's going to play on Sunday. Pain stills up in the air. So, again, I think there's a little bit of questions in the Galaxy attack, how they're going to look against Miami, who's going to start. So, right now, their attack, uh, compared to last year, just doesn't look as solid as, you know, woven together well. They don't have that chemistry as much playing together. So, that might be something to watch this year. But and, uh, good. No, I was going to say, I, I, I love hearing what you're just saying right now because that screams – not enough cohesiveness and the more 
teams that have less cohesiveness, the better for us, especially in the beginning of the season. So I love that fact. But wait, Danny, before you get to your next point, I want to just bring this up real quick. Mike V, Alex, you've stumped Mike V because Mike V usually comes out here and tries to, he gives everybody sort of a wish character of how they look. I don't know if you saw earlier, he said you look kind of like a wish Ray Mysterio Jr., and uh and i thought it was uh, i thought it was great and he's he's fun and all these guys you stumped him so uh they're also mentioning that you look like a timu victor uyoa so i don't know if you know i don't know if you know who victor uyoa is yeah, i know that victor i mean i've been uyoa. told that i look filipino so today yeah. so oh my goodness uh, are you are you mexican yeah i'm mexican okay all right. And, and, uh, and Hammy is mentioning for two, he's mentioning here in the Super Bombs that Alex looked like the shift leader at GameStop. Listen, well, it's just I'd because Alex be is young. They make bank. No, and, and I, I wish I was as young as Alex. Yes. That's, that's what I really Absolutely. wish. Yes. With, with that inverted fullbacks, does that mean, and obviously we haven't played a game yet, right? But would you expect them to be more susceptible to uh, getting attacked wide and then? with low crosses coming into Messi or Suarez in the box. Like, is that something that maybe in the preseason, if you saw it happening, were they most susceptible to being attacked up on the wings? Yeah, I mean, that's very interesting, I think, because what I saw from preseason um, the last couple of weeks is they're actually looking pretty good defending out wide. I think when you play with inverted fullbacks, it kind of mm -hmm. allows your wingers to, you know, be able, you can push one up, one can come right. down. Um, I think Gabriel Peck, if he plays, he's a guy who, has that defensive work rate with him. Like, he's not just a purely offensive player. Like, that guy will track back. He's got speed. He'll cover spaces. He'll cover crossing angles. He'll do that. So if he plays, I'm expecting, you know, whatever side he's on, he's going to lock down that defensive side as well. But, uh, you know, like I said, the fullbacks, Yamane and uh, Alde, very fast, very quick. It's mostly Yamane, the one who uh, plays the inverted fullback. Julian mm -hmm. Alde, you know, goes out wide, still plays a regular fullback. Kind of think of it as Liverpool with Trent Alexander-Arnold, how they'll kind of do that. And then they'll have uh, Robertson on the other side kind of flanking down on that. So yeah. if you want to use that system, tactical system, uh, I'd, I'd use that to compare the LA Galaxy. But um, yeah, they're definitely going to use the ball as their best defense because that's their philosophy. That's how they play. Um, again, if uh, Ricky Puj is out there and Gaston Brugman's out there, they're definitely going to you know not be slow. They'll progress the ball forward. They'll do things to move the ball, keep the defense honest. Um, but at the moment in preseason, uh, defending out wide really wasn't too much of an issue. The main issue is just not losing the ball in the buildup. Again, that was kind of one thing they kind of struggled with last year. But again, they were missing their defensive midfielder. They were missing Ricky Puj at the, for the final end of the season. So, yeah, I'm expecting them to be a little bit sharper in that department. Uh, and I definitely think that, you know, uh, they'll hold their own out wide. But again, anything's possible in, in soccer. So, Especially when you go against Leo Messi, uh, you know, it's very unpredictable, but that could For definitely be sure. one area of weakness that the Galaxy might not have seen too much in preseason that I think could be something that could get exposed Sunday night. So you guys hold possession like we do. You're iffy in the back line like we are. So yep. this is going to be a, a, an interesting game because, I mean, we both want to hold possession and we both are not sure how our defense is going to hold up. That's like, okay. All right. I mean, so. yeah. I mean, this game could end like five four. To be honest, like I could generally oh see God. that happening. That's a dream. Uh, yeah, I was about to say Chris loves that. All right. So let's say hypothetically, I want to put money on this game, and I want to put money on Miami, and you're going to convince me as to why Miami has a chance to win. Why does Miami have a chance to win on Sunday? What do they need to do to take advantage of? 
I mean, aside from the obvious and, and Lionel Messi, I think right now the Galaxy is, I wouldn't say work in progress because they've made their signings, but they're still retooling, retweaking. They're not at the final product yet. And, you know, sure, Miami had that long preseason tour that wasn't too great, but I mean, they right. have chemistry. They have their roster. They've played these games in different areas. You know, they're just going to be traveling here. They travel to Saudi Arabia, to other places around the world. Like, they're not going to be, you know, too, too intimidated by traveling to LA, I think. So, I mean, I feel like in, um, like I said earlier, like this team just isn't fully, fully there. Like the the engine isn't running completely. They're not running at full speed. They're still the trying Galaxy, to get some things together. Yeah, Galaxy. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Yeah, Galaxy is still trying to get things together. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if we I see, you know, some uh, moments where they look stumped in the attack or where things aren't working and, you know, they get too ambitious, give the ball away in a bad area and their defenders get caught out. Like I said, Yoshida and, and uh, Caceres. They're, they're not going to run too much. So if you can get on the fast uh, transition, you can definitely take advantage of that. And I think if the Galaxy are con transition often in this game, uh, Miami's going to have a lot of the momentum, and it wouldn't surprise me for them to put multiple in the back of the net. And Football Corner's asking, uh, he's asking you, Alex, how solid is the LA Galaxy goalkeeper? Uh, and that's that's pretty interesting. I mean, I, I don't know exactly too much information about the goalkeeper. And everybody's asking if Gomez scores a brace, if I'm going to sit out and wave for him. I'm not going to wave at freaking Gomez. Get out of here. So uh, is, is McCarthy your backup? Actually, he's a starter now. Uh, the Galaxy today today they released Jonathan Bond. They mutually agreed to part ways. Bond had been the keeper for the last three years. He was going to enter his fourth year. Um, so, yeah, they made the decision. They invested around uh, reportedly. I have yet to confer this, but I might tomorrow because I'll be at a training, uh, Galaxy training. They'll have a press conference to announce Gabriel Peck and nice. still. Um, but yeah, they're good. They basically signed McCarthy from LAFC, and then uh, this offseason as well, they invested around reportedly a million dollars to Novak Mitrovic, this young Serbian goalkeeper, came from the same club that uh, Georgi Petrovic came from, the former New England Revolution goalkeeper, and the guy who's now starting at Chelsea. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that guy's, you know, the goalkeeping staff has been really impressed with him. They really wanted to invest with him, and they made his his loan permanent this past offseason. But McCarthy's mm. looked the most solid. He's looked uh, a lot better than the other goalkeepers. He communicates a lot, very vocal in the back. I mean, looking at his stats last year, I was going to do this before I got on the show today uh, for an article I'm going to write. But, uh, yeah, looking at the stats, I mean, McCarthy was like an above-average uh, MLS goalkeeper, like French top 10 goalkeeper statistically last year, like in – between ranking in a lot of the st- st- statistical categories at like, you know, 10 to, you know, 14, right? In those categories, yeah. not top 10, but, you know, very much fringe. And, you know, he's had his moments, obviously, MLS Cup a couple of years ago. But I mean, McCarthy's very much. That was sold. his biggest moment. Yeah, very much. Yeah, that was his career defining moment right there. Yeah. And for sure, I think with LFC last year, he had some good moments, you know, some bad moments as well. But I mean, I think he's capable of being an above average goalkeeper and i think that's all the guys really need right now they're developing michovic they're banking on him i mean in my eyes mccarthy is a bridge goalkeeper for when michovic you know is eventually going to take over since you know they invested a million dollars in the goalkeeper you rarely see that in mls so i, I think you know mitch uh excuse me uh, mccarthy is going to be starting a look good in preseason again uh you don't know what it's going to look like in regular season i do remember last year against lac he did like stop a messy shot at around point blank range so that gives yeah. you some confidence, right? And I remember him going against Miami. I mean, he's been against this team before, so he knows what to expect. But yeah, I, I mean, he used to play for us. Yeah, exactly. He used to be there, yeah. but obviously before, you know, the whole Messi and French yeah, show of course. was there. Right, right. But uh, I, I definitely believe that, you know, McCarthy is capable of being a starting goalkeeper. And, you know, the Galaxy and, and Jonathan Bond parting ways basically 
sets into stone that it's going to be McCarthy. I'd be shocked if it was uh, Michovic. Um, a bit younger, hasn't really played as much MLS minutes. I think McCarthy right now is the guy you want starting the season. He could maybe take over later on, but yeah, I'm fully expecting John McCarthy to be starting for the LA Galaxy. McCarthy was the one that birthed that uh, that Selena Gomez meme where yes. Messi got that shot blocked and all of a sudden the, the camera went uh, went over to, to Selena Gomez and her mouth was dropped wide open. Uh, that's going to be interesting. I hope we put a couple on McCarthy. Yeah, that, that's, I, I didn't realize. I thought he was a backup. I didn't know he was starting. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was so breaking any, news this morning. That's why I yeah. wasn't expecting that. Uh, you, well, you call him Puig, right? I called him Puig, but you said, how do you it's pronounce pooch. his name? Pooch like, pooch. like a dog, if you're going to say Pooch. But, you know, oh, Ricky Pooch. Yeah, I always said Puig, Pooch. Uh, so I saw somebody asking if he played with Messi. He was there. I think Messi's final season in Barcelona. But yeah, he, he was like, there. Played, like, I mean, he's, yeah, so. he's talked about so he knows uh, you know, being really close. Being really close with those guys. I mean, he was there yeah. when uh, Miami played LAFC, obviously rooting for Messi. And, you know, he took, got to take yeah, right, a photo right. with them after that game. But, yeah, I mean, he he talks about how Jordi and, and Sergio are big idols of his, big friends of his. Um, I mean, he grew up uh, idolizing Xavi. Obviously, Xavi was the one that eventually kicked him out of Barcelona. So yeah. that's definitely left a sour <laughs> taste in his mouth. I mean, I right. can definitely sense that there's like a little bit of things like uh, I think when uh, Pouge announced that he was going to change number, you know, he said that he wore number six because of a childhood idol in the Xavi. And it turns out that's the guy who kicks him out of Barcelona, changes to number 10 now. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what it's like. Obviously, they're very close. He's very close with Messi at Suarez. He was there, you know, towards the tail end of, you know, their Barcelona careers. But yeah, I mean, he was in La Masia when they were winning uh, Champions Leagues winning the league and stuff when they were all still in their prime. So, I mean, he's very much connected to those four uh, players, former Barcelona players. Um, so real quick, um, you were just talking about Pooch. And that's a player that everybody knows. But if there was a player that we should look out for that we don't really know much about, who would you tell us to look out for that maybe we haven't heard about or just people don't really talk about too much? I mean, like I said, the DPs are going to be up in the air of who's going to play or not. I mean, Galaxy, LA Galaxy fans are going to see their first glimpses of them. Gabriel Pax looked really good in Brazil. He was with uh, Brazil's uh, U23 team for the pre-Olympic qualifiers. So he's a highly regarded prospect in Brazil. Um, I think one player currently on the roster that a lot of people would be surprised about is, I think, Diego Fagundes. Obviously, the form, former New England Austin FC player. He's been in the league for a long time. I mean, he was on New England's bench back in the 2014 MLS Cup final where the Galaxy beat the Revolution, right? So he goes all the way back to those days uh, as a 16-year-old. So, yeah, and he and Fagundes has looked lively in preseason. He's looked really good. He's been creating chances. He's been a threat on the left-hand side. He's very much been the Galaxy's brightest attacking player so far in the preseason. And I think he could definitely orchestrate some things, pull the show out wide. You know, Dayan Jovalich, we've seen flashes of him in the last couple of years, was a great super sub in the 2022 season. Not so good as a starter last year. So if, you know, the Galaxy can awake him, he can definitely be a sleeping giant for their attack and be somebody who causes a lot of trouble. And I think, you know, all these LA Galaxy players are going to be motivated. Uh, every time I've talked about the LA Galaxy in big games during Greg Vanny's tenure, I've always said this is a team that plays up to the moment. They're a team that always plays good. And when the bright, when the lights are bright, when the cameras are on, I mean, go back a year ago, right, when they're playing LAFC in the Rose Bowl, right? LA Galaxy, Yuriki Puj, all their best players played an absolute amazing game, spectacular game, and they're not afraid of that moment. They love that moment, and I think they're definitely going to be, you know, using that rush from, you know, this being the first game, from having so many people in the stands, you know, going, they maybe, played going a lot against... They played smoother that game. Yeah, I mean, going against some of the best players in the world. 
Like this team gets up for those moments. They're a good team when you can, you know, when the stakes are high, they play up to the level of their opponents, you know, which is a good or bad thing, uh, especially when, you know, they're not playing to yeah. some great teams, right? But yeah, I mean, this team's going to put up a fight for sure. It's not going to be no a cakewalk in my opinion. So I'm definitely excited to see uh, some other younger players, like I said, Julian Alde, see how he does in this game. You know, a guy who, you know, grew up with the Messi back in Argentina, Yamane, Yoshida, all those other veterans as well, how they perform in this uh, high-pressure situation so early in the season. And let me tell you, I that game that you just mentioned when the LAFC played against LA Galaxy, I thought that that was a really, really good game that they played. And I was thinking that they were going to kind of ride the wave with that same gameplay. So... But now that we got the blood flowing here, mm -hmm. and I want to talk a little bit about predictions. You mentioned 5-4, which I am praying for. I need that score in my life. Chris is going to love something like that. Oh, my God. That would be phenomenal. 5-4, are you kidding me? I'll, I mean, I'll, take, I'll take that any day of the week. So we start off with our guests every single time, Alex. What do you think right. the prediction is going to be? For sure, I think the Galaxy aren't going to keep a clean sheet. I just don't have that confidence yet. In the defense so far, Thank I think, God. like I said earlier, you know, Miami, they looked vulnerable in moments, especially since RSL just don't look good in possession. And I thought if RSL were a bit better of a possession team, they could have scored a goal or two. So yeah. I am going to go, you know, it's not the sexy thing to go for a tie, but I'm going for a 2-2 draw. I think that's the most realistic thing Ooh. to happen. I think that both these teams are going to be pumped for this game. I think Galaxy are extra motivated, but I don't have faith in a defense. I do think that you know, Ricky Pooj and is going to create some great chances. Someone's going to finish something. So I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw, four goals in this game. I mean, I think it's going to be a juicy affair. Uh, and let I, me tell I'm you, looking forward to that. Okay, Chris. Uh, before you mention your score, Danny, the funny thing is, is our last guest, when we went over the RSL preview, also predicted 2-2, if I'm not mistaken, Danny. I don't remember, honestly. I know yeah, that I, I predicted them to win by two. I said 3-1. Because I didn't believe that we can keep a clean sheet. And to be honest, we shouldn't have yeah. kept a, club, a clean sheet. Because I think that yeah. Arsenal should have had. There was one where, um, I forgot the guy's name, was going into the box. And you had um, Chicho Arango, right side, completely open. And the guy was selfish and took the shot instead of hitting Arango was wide open. Do I think Drake could have stopped it? Possibly. But RSL did leave a lot of meat on the bone that game. I think they had they could have put up one at least one in that game. But then again, uh, Miami also had their opportunities. Like, who the hell sees that free kick that Messi took? That guy that they posted up on the uh, right next to the post that headed it out. I yes. like, what did they do? And I, that I mean, look, it, it was Miami deserved to win because I felt like they they dominated most of the game. I know the second half was different, but all right, Chris, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Which no. So what are you going with? So what's your prediction? Oh, you want my Miami? prediction? Uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna go with Alex. I actually think two two. I think it's gonna be a two two draw. I'm gonna go with the draw. Um, I don't think that we can keep a clean sheet. I think if they're playing a possession ball, they will take advantage of our back line if they make those right runs. Now, the only thing that gives me hope is the fact that Alex said that relatively new group. So that chemistry and that cohesion isn't there. We're like eight games into the season because of all the preseason games that we play together. Yeah. So I think that I, their cohesion isn't there. And that gives me some hope that they might miss some opportunities that they probably won't miss in like two or three months. So that gives me some hope. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I don't think that we'll keep them off the board. And, um, and I do think that we should be able to score, especially if the, their back line is questionable. I think Suarez finally gets one for us. I think Taylor is going to be saucy as always. And um, 
you know, and I thought Gressel looked good when he was in the final third. Like, yes, I, I when he was in his own third, was turning the ball over like a maniac. But when he had the ball in the final third, I thought he was making good plays, good passes. He even took a couple good shots. So I, I think we'll put up at least two. And I, I'm going to say draw, 2-2. Two, two. I'm going to, well, and, and I was just going to go with the same score as Soccer Daddy did with 2-1. Because I do think that the Galaxy actually have the ability and the skill set from certain players. I mean, look at what Tony Axe is mentioning here in the comments. All it takes is one ball from, from Pooj to one of their pacey forwards. Mm-hmm. That, can, that can definitely be able to get us got in our, by, by our center backs. So I definitely do see that we will win, but I think that we may concede a goal. So I believe 2-1 is going to be the prediction that I'm going to go with. So we won two to zero. And I believe that first half we dominated the second half. Obviously things changed a little bit, but if you really think about it, that game, we could have drawn or even lost. Like if we could have drawn, they had opportunity that they missed out on. They could have scored one. That Robert Taylor goal that we got, like that goalie should, that McMath, I don't know how he let that Robert Taylor go, go in. It went right under his arm. Like in all right reality, we could have drawn. We won. And I, th- I think that overall 90 minutes, if you look at it, I mean, I, we were the better side. But, I mean, we could have drawn. So I wouldn't be shocked if we draw against the Galaxy. But, again, my hope is, like Alex said, relatively new group. Hopefully they, they, that cohesion takes a little while to get going. And um, and maybe the, the lights are a little too bright for them. Like, Because, I mean, it, everybody knows. Like, it's not just a big game in L.A. Everybody knows that everybody around the world is watching. And that also affects some of the players. And Mike V is asking a, a question here, Alex. He wants to know why does the Galaxy not give Pooj some real support? Uh, I think if they mean with like the wingers and stuff, I think yeah. to start off, I think obviously Will Koontz, who was you know promoted to general manager this past offseason, has changed the vision in the way that they want to acquire players. Obviously, we saw the last couple of DPs, right? Douglas Costa, Gicharito, players out of their primes, guys who aren't necessarily you know at, the, at their top levels anymore. And, you know, Douglas Costa doesn't really run too much. Same thing with Chicharito. Now yeah. you're really getting guys who are going to run after his balls, who are going to, you know, create moments, who are going to make those runs, who aren't afraid to, you know, make the a run that gets caught out and they'll track back, right? Like these players are the hypothetical players you talk about on who would be perfect to pair Ricky Pooj with. You got Peck, very vertical guy, someone who can, you know, will chase after balls no matter what. And you have Paintsill, a guy who's a proven goal scorer, a guy who scored over 30, who had over 30 goal contributions last season for Gank in the Belgian league. So these guys are definitely going to have, you know, their moments to feast. If, you know, whether it's Peck or Paintsill who comes in the second half, I definitely expect them to be catalysts and, you know, push that Miami back line to have their one-on-one situations and create danger. I, I think Miami at the at the end of the last game definitely looked like they had lost some of their legs. They looked a bit sluggish right in the second half for some parts of it. And you know, if you have Peck or Paint still running down the wing at you at full speed, I mean yes. they're gonna take advantage of that. And that's definitely gonna be a moment where the galaxy are gonna score, in my opinion. Well, and, and that's where and, we suffer. I, I, does the galaxy press often? Like I, I understand they keep possession. Mm-hmm. And my fear is whenever we finally play the Red Bulls, I think. The Red Bulls could literally not win a game from now until whenever we win. They can go into that game. Zero wins, zero draws, all losses, and I'll still be fearful because we cannot – even though there were moments that we were playing nice in some tight spaces, but I, 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 I'm fearful of that. Do they press? Not really. I mean, obviously, I think every team has a player that's like their press trigger. 
I right. mean, I'm pretty sure when you but see it's, Miami it's play not like, high press. Yeah, but that's not a high press. They they don't really play like that. They're not gonna, okay. you know, I guess risk it, you know, as that pressing game. That's kind of what it is. It's just a risk. You know, yeah. if you're gonna win that one v one battle and the Galaxy don't do that, very much a pragmatic team in their defensive uh ways. Uh like I said earlier, you know, I think that they've been working a lot on their defense and they've been working on limiting those transition moments. And if you're a high pressing team, you're very susceptible to those transition moments if it goes wrong. So I don't expect Galaxy to be playing that New York Red Bull style football, but I do expect them yeah. to, you know, have their moments where like, hey, let's press this guy a bit well, more. Let's that's uh, what RSL did in the second half. And that's yeah, when we started to feel a bit more, you know, right? Yeah. Like they'll, they'll have their moments there, but they aren't, you know, running with, you know, a chicken with its head off, right? They're not running like crazy out there after the ball, but they're going to be very calculated in their pressing approach for sure. All right, Danny. So enough about talking about once we brought up Red Bulls, I almost fell asleep here, Danny. <laughs> you brought up Red Bulls. You guys started talking about Red Bulls, and I don't want to talk about that boring stuff. I want to, I want to, I want to ask you some battered questions here, Alex. So, I've been Let's bringing go. up some some playful questions to all of our guests uh, whenever they come on board with us. And one of the questions, which I'm just going to toss it right up here, you got two sandwiches here. Which one are uh, you? Which one is the one that you use in terms of cutting your sandwich? Are you going diagonal or are you going north to south? So we're going with the sandwich, like what ham, like a no, like ham what, sandwich? no, like which way do you cut the sandwich? Do you cut it diagonally okay. or, or from top to bottom? I'm gonna go with top to bottom. I think yes. that's the most effective way. It's the fairest what way. The hell. And I think, you know, I mean, I eat a lot of peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Obviously, the diagonal, I guess, is what you would do. But for me, I personally prefer just the up and down like that. I mean, keep it simple. Come on. Don't yes. complicate it. Uh, exactly, Danny. Get out of here. Ah, uh, get out. It's an efficient cut right there, Danny. You have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my God. But I can't hear you. Your microphone almost died. So, another one, Alex. When I go grocery shopping... You see a lot of people holding their shopping cart from the from the back like this, yeah. pushing the shopping cart. But look, I got my style. I pull the shopping mm -hmm. cart. This is me at the local grocery store. Now, are you a pusher or are you a puller? Hmm. Oh, that's that's so interesting. I've never thought about it that way. But I do when I go grocery. Oh shopping, my god! Tend to fuck? push it. What's about to happen here? Tend to push yes. it. Like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Like, look, okay. I pretend that, like, I'm an F1 car driving that thing. You know, I'm Max Verstappen out there. Got to be careful with close corners. Don't bump into kids once, which did happen. And I've, I've been very careful ever since. Uh, I, I got yelled at by a parent. Uh, but yes. yeah, it was, uh, I'm definitely going to be like, okay, I got to, I got to make sure I got everything in front of me. None stupid is going on here. And that's just how I roll. <laughs> Listen, well, Danny uh, runs over kids all the time in grocery stores. Uh, you're you're like like Joe said. You're like a homeless person pulling that cart the way. Like it's ridiculous. All right. Um, yeah, and that's about it. I mean, the last one, Danny. If you want to go ahead and ask that one, since you're a deranged maniac. Oh God! The cereal, question? cereal. All right. Yes. Last question, Alex, and then and then All we'll right, call it go. a night. Alex, wait. You eat cereal by any chance? Yeah, I had cereal this morning. Okay. All right. So when you eat cereal. Once the cereal is actually done, mm -hmm. do you slurp your milk like an oyster or do you just toss the milk out? Well, actually, I've been using this since I was a kid. I have a cup that has like a, I mean, a bowl that has like a straw in it. And I just drink out of that. So he drinks it, Danny. But he so drinks it with like the straw, a though. 
No, but it's yeah, like I, built in, built into the bowl. It it's not I've like I get a straw. Balls. Yeah, yeah the hell? I've never balls. seen this thing. What is this? I have. Yeah, yeah, Danny. It's gonna lost. change your life. Trust me. What the? F- I'll, I'll well, personally I- ship one to you if you want, if you need it. <laughs> I just dumped the milk, or I put more cereal in. Well, I mean, I'm done after, you know, a certain amount. Obviously, not after the first time, but once I'm like, hey, I'm I'm done with the cereal. Now I'll just drink it. You know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think it's so so sugary at that point because you got all the. All the cereal residue in there. Oh, look! Look at that. Just, look, everybody loves your 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 straw bowl. It, it, it that's the weirdest. I've never even heard of this thing. All right. No, yeah. Um, it, it, like I said, it's gonna change your life, right? Like I said, no, I'll I, personally ship you one. No, I I just add more cereal. I'm gonna stick to mine. I, I have to stick to my guns now because Chris talks a lot of crap. I'm gonna stick to my dumping the milk out or just putting oh. more cereal in, which I, which I feel like putting more cereal in is the correct answer. So uh look every everybody's questioning your life choices, Danny. Esther's saying dump the milk. What? I mean, there's literally people that are that are hungry and dying of thirst. And that's exactly what my milk. mom would say, okay? So or, well, well, exactly. then I put y'all can argue with my Danny's mom. I'll better have some respect. Listen, <laughs> and you guys don't understand something. This morning, apparently, there was a zombie attack, and we all missed it because everybody lost cell service. So, like, yeah, well, they, you guys they, gotta they, be prepared. I never lost service. I don't know how, how did this happen. Everybody, uh, I guess one last question that uh, the football corner is asking, and then we'll we'll call it uh, a night. Messi or Ronaldo? Interesting. I think Messi is probably the best player of all time, and I have uh, Ronaldo CR seven, one of the most clinical goal scorers of all time. From the spot, I think in general. <laughs> Not joking. Yes. All right. But yeah, uh, if we can do it around uh, Messi, Ronaldo, we can do that too. <laughs> all right uh alex thank you for joining us and being a good sport let everybody know where they can uh find you if they want to hear a little more about or read a little more about the la galaxy yeah so you can uh read my work my articles mostly is you know game recaps analysis looking at the team very deeply and throughout um at the galactic that's my sub stack and you know at the bottom of my name right there there's my ex twitter account at alxruiz15 where i basically just post la galaxy news uh analysis everything there all the stuff that you need to be fully covered about the la galaxy i got it i agree and then oh mr Krabs, 12 years ago we had that were bath salts those people were on bath salts and they were they were literally biting people it was it was it was wild wild times here in miami well alex we appreciate you joining us having some fun with us and uh and i you know are you gonna be at the game on sunday right I hope so. I've yet to get the email credentials. media credentials. I'm assuming that's going to be tomorrow. I when mean, it's going to be packed. When Messi's I mean, around. Yeah, when Messi's yeah, around, exactly. it's really hard to get those credentials. I mean, the, the, the press box at Dignity Health Sports Park isn't too big. I mean, this stadium was, like, made back in 2003. So it's in old, one of the old games in MLS. Yeah. To see, you know, if I do get into the game, how it's going to look. I mean, it's been packed for uh, LA Galaxy, LAFC games, but I think there's going to be a whole different beast in my opinion. And I'm is. sorry, but Mike, Mike V just brought something up that I need to ask. You're Mexican. Right. Are you familiar with the chupacabra? No, he's Fili- uh, yeah. He's Fili- he's Filipino, no? No, he's Mexican. Oh, no, I said I, I get told I look Filipino often. Oh, yes. yeah, but he's Mexican. Yeah. It so, because you are familiar with the chupacabra. Yes, very familiar. Is it real? Oh, my goodness. No, I'm pretty sure it was like a dog with the rabies that, you know, people <laughs> saw something weird. So, that's my theory. Uh, you should probably believe still me. real. I and mean, then, it seems uh, believable. And then Solana went ahead and and asked. I guess he's going to try to make it out to LA. 
He wants to know if you have any recommendation for good LA taco spots because he might be out there on Sunday. Just, uh, I mean, I, I think definitely like some street tacos for sure. Street tacos is what everybody says. Just go yeah, street don't tacos. don't ever get like some restaurant tacos or big chain tacos. You know, they just they just don't have that in it. They don't have it. the sweat. Yeah, exactly. They, you know, get some tacos made by real Latino hands. I mean, in the stadium, uh, you know, there's they've now added it now. But if you love pupusas, after they have a pupusa stand that they yes. run in there, and you know, a lot of that money, you know, they're a nonprofit, so they donate that to you know kids in uh, El Salvador, and you know, they have a lot of resources going their way, and you know, they have a soccer academy down there that they run. So if you're at the stadium, definitely buy from them and support them, and that's a really great cause that. You know, uh, we've seen a lot of, you know, great things happen with them. And uh, they're definitely a fan favorite within the LA Galaxy community. And they have, like, a lot of support from, you know, people within the LA Galaxy. So if you're into pupusas, you're, you want to try them, definitely if you're at the stadium, go to the after pupusa sh uh, shop. They they have some great food out there. I definitely recommend it. Oh. We're, 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 we're trying to, to, to keep it under an hour. But real quick, what the hell are pupusas? So it's like this, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really from El Salvador, so I can't really explain it to you. It's be like if I was white and explaining like, you know, tacos and stuff, how they're pro properly made. But like, I think for me, it's like, uh, I, I would kind of not compare it to quesadilla because I feel like it's different, but it's made of like this bread and it's, you know, with cheese and everything. And it's like really good. I don't know how to properly explain it Like a it bean you. spread. Uh, like I wouldn't even. I don't know. I don't want to disrespect it because, again, I'm not from El Salvador. I don't really eat pupusas too much. I've only had pupusas from them, but it's it's really good. It's like a like you know, like I said, it's kind of like a quesadilla, but like the it's not really like a tortilla tortilla like you're used to. It's like a bit of a thicker bread, but not too thick. I don't know are how to like, explain it. Y'all just are look they like it up. bootleg arepas? Are they trying to rip off us? Kind of like, like that. Kind of like that, I'd say. But mm. I mean, I think it's really good and. Uh, like I said, after they do it for a really great cause and stuff, so they have a lot of support. I mean, for the cause, I, I I won't I won't bash exactly. it for the cause. For the cause, I won't bash it. All right, uh, Chris, one and O and O. We are one win. We are top of the table. We are the best team in MLS right now. That's a fact. Best team in MLS right now. Do you have any final words? I mean, we're gonna we'll be here again Sunday night after the game because we aren't actually at the game. We will literally be here right after the final whistle. Go ahead, put on your notifications if you have to. We will literally be hitting that intro as soon as the uh, final whistle blows. Chris, do you have any final thoughts? Listen, I can't wait for the game, man. It's going to be a blast. And uh, LAFC, they always play up to their to their competition. So I think that this is going to be a fun game. So you're like an international I mean, journalist now, like getting it all confused? Yeah, yeah. no, it's crazy. Every time there's rumors... It's always either yeah. LAFC or LA Galaxy. I was confused. You don't even know anymore these days. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, if you are listening on audio, we appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Please leave us five-star comment, review, all that other stuff. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. Please like, subscribe. And uh, as always, for those of you that joined in the chat and stayed with us all the way to the end, you guys are by far the best part of the show. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us all this time on Sunday. We hope you join us. The game starts at 9 p.m. Eastern time, so we should be on here around 11 o'clock as soon as the final whistle. So we hope you guys join us for that. And um, until the next one, have a good one.